this is what I told myself. <clears throat> All I need to do is forget how to quit music. If you're a professional singer, want to know how to turn singing into a career, or simply love to hear stories from singers on the road, then The Working Singer is the podcast for you. I chat with pro singers about how they make a creative living in the music business, lending their talent to stars like Enrique Iglesias, The Killers, Elvis Costello, and more. They share life lessons, business advice, and how they make a living when they're off the road. We'll also discuss vocal health, technique, performance, coaching, and pretty much all things vocal. Elevate your approach to your singing career, get enlightened about what the pros do, and be inspired with new ideas that you can make your own. My name is Jamila Ford, and this is the Working Singer Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome. I am excited that you are here. This is such a great show today. I know I always say that, they're all great shows, but this I am particularly excited about because I think it is an excellent, excellent resource for you. Um, not only um, is our conversation a great resource for you? And my, my guest today is Tamara Bubble. Bubble on deck. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but <laughs> she usually says it and um, it didn't get said until the very end. So I'm just throwing it in there at the beginning. Um, but the stuff that we talk about is, you know, for one thing, I wanted to talk to Tamara because I think mindset is so important. I don't feel like a lot of people think this way, you know, uh, let alone enough singers and musicians. Um, and the thing that we talk about the most is, and the reason I wanted to talk to Tamara, is that um, she has been killing it getting her music licensed. And she has just been, and I think this is what you have to be, you've just got to be a beast about it. And you have to be focused and you got to be in it and you have to, um, you know, just not let yourself be knocked down. It is really, a, you know, a lot of it is a big, you know, psychological game. And she, you know, she's gotten several placements. Um, she and I had met in uh, Kathy Heller's Access course. And that's where we learn how to um, license music. Kathy Heller did very well um, and still continues to do very well in the music licensing world. And she has um, also started a music licensing agency. And um, through that, she's, you know, uh, created courses. Um, and a lot of people in that class, you know, everybody's really serious and a lot of people have done very well. But you do have to be serious and you do need to be focused. And um, you do have to have yourself a little conveyor belt going of, of songs. And, and so... Um, you know, Tamara is somebody, you know, not only is she just, um, is her mindset great, but I think she's done a great job of melding her artistry and her, um, her mind for like commerce, her, you know, the artistry and the business of it, um, creating things that'll work for, um, the music supervisors, creating things that'll work for, um, the films and the or the te or the TV shows or the the brands that they need to find music for. You know, we learn a lot about like how to research that. You do have to do a lot of research and you need to be very thoughtful. Um, and then you have to combine all of that with like who you are and how would that song come out of you? A song about home, a song about friendship. So, you know, th those are the things that we learned in that class. And she was somebody that I observed and she has just been a superstar. She was getting interviewed on panels before she even uh, actually licensed anything. And then I think shortly thereafter, she ended up licensing seven songs on a BET show. And since then, she's licensed um, a song for a Hulu trailer. And that's some good scratch. That's some good dough. So those are the kinds of things you just have to give a great mindset and you got to be thinking. And, you know, she's managed to do all of this uh, still having um, her day job. Um, at least at the time we talked, I don't know, <laughs> she's still in it. Um, you know, I think it's only a matter of time before she doesn't, you know, need that anymore because she's so focused and on it and together. Um, so, you know, and I feel like a lot of you will be able to relate because she does, uh, you know, have a day job. She's a CPA. You know, we singers are serious. We um, we can do a lot. We're smart women <laughs> and men. Um, but, uh, you know, she has a day job. She's been working it 
and I remember at one point in the classroom, she had posted something about when she's got time to um, submit to these soups, you know, on top of like writing the songs and researching and um, getting them recorded and, you know, doing whatever collaboration or whatever. Uh, you got to find the time. So she found the time. You know, she's working all day. She's got, I remember her saying she's, she had between 11 p.m. and 7 a.m. So she was, I don't know, she was staying up all night. But, you know, whatever she was doing was working. If there was an assignment happening in that class, she turned it in. Um, and I just think that's amazing. I think that's really admirable. That is how the 1%, uh, you know, operates. I'm not talking about the top 1% of the country. I'm just talking about the top of the one, you know, the 1% of people who get what they are aiming for. They hit the target. You know, they are not making excuses. I'm sure she could have come up with 10 or 20, but she wasn't. If there was, you know, if there's something to do, she just went ahead and found a way to do it. I love that. And I think that is the mindset that we need you know that's certainly one that I'm developing for myself because uh there's always a reason to say no there's always a to back out of that goal but I just think it's about clear priorities that's it if you've got an hour work if you've got 15 minutes work on it you know standing in line at the grocery store you know sometimes that's all I've got and I'm sitting there working on lyrics or whatever I'm waiting around for the gig I'm sitting there working on my next blog post you know, or I'm emailing a guest for the for the podcast, you just find those little uh, pockets of time, you know, there's no idle time. There is no idle time, guys. But anyway, I hope you are inspired by this. I really want you to be motivated. You know, even if you're not um, interested in doing music licensing, it's something to think about, you know, um, because that for us as musicians can be a pension that can be a retirement, especially if you are super focused you know, um, it's well worth your time to, you know, spend, if, if you're a quick writer, spend like, you know, maybe a week on that song, writing it, getting it recorded. And then it could be several, you know, um, non-exclusive placements and you've got several thousand dollars that you've got something to do, you know, that, um, you've just brought in and it only took you a few hours, you know, to write that song. So, you know, um, and I know several people with that story. You know, uh, we had people, a class uh, with several people in it who had that story. So, so I'm excited about this interview and let's just get to it. Without further ado, Tamara Bubble. So you've been up to, I mean, girl, you've been up to it. You've, you've been really doing it. Oh, I still feel like I'm just starting. I don't know why I'm still, I don't, I don't feel like I'm, like I'm doing. Yeah. I feel like I'm, um, I am excited about the process of doing it. But um, yeah. I think I won't be satisfied until I can do it full time. Then I'll feel like, oh, now I'm doing it because now I don't have to rely, know. you know, yeah. on a daytime job. But yeah. No, I know what you mean. Um, I, uh, yeah, I just, I understand because, mm -hmm. you know, many of us have day jobs and, you know, there's still that responsibility and, and you just want to get through that so you can get to the other thing yep. <laughs> you yep. like doing. Yep. I've, uh, yeah. I feel like I almost have mastered the art of being okay with the day job because I've, um, so, so there's a couple things that I do definitely while I'm at work, I am not fully working. And so I hope this never gets to <laughs> get to my clients and my employer, but <laughs> if it does, Hey, then that means I'm doing a really good job. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, so I, I don't, I work at work, but they're, they're more so, and this is actually really good. So I think a, a good job to have, if you're going to do, um, like licensing or pursue music, definitely. I know a lot of like actors and artists, they do waitressing or, you know, type of service job, um, that they can quit easily. And, and those are good. But the only thing with those is that you have to actively be out there waiting the tables. And so I think what a lot of them maybe could, you know, also maybe consider in the back of their mind is maybe they should get like a desk job or a professional job where they are more so it's a salary thing. So whether they're there or not, you'll be able to take off because you, you know, you have paid time off where if you need an audition or whatever you take off, yeah. but also um, it's more of a deadline based thing. And so if you are just that capable where you could finish your work and then do what you need to do for music, more power to you because now you 
can work and complete their job and then also do what you need to do for music. And so that's what I, I think that's why I've been there that long because I definitely am one that will not, like I'll quit in a heartbeat if I need to. But if I'm able to use this money to, you know, further my music career and use it to invest and travel and all that good stuff, and yeah. um, then it, it's a win-win because, okay, now I can work and I can do th- what I need to do for music while I'm at work. All the admin stuff, that all the registrations, all the stuff that you need to do for, for music, the side of it that you don't like because you just want to be in the studio and on stage. <laughs> mm-hmm. All the other stuff, the technical details, the business side of it that will keep you afloat over time, you can do that mm-hmm. at work. And then when you get off work, you can go do a show. On the weekend, you can go do a show. And so I've, ba- I've learned to like master that. I feel like when I can finally quit and I have the whole, you know, actual week to work on music, it's going to be amazing. I, I don't know what I'll do with all that extra time because <laughs> I've mastered being able to, you know, uh, kind of work, play both fields. Um, mm-hmm. And then also too, I'll say like with my job, I travel a hundred percent of the time. So that make that adds on another level of complexity, but mm-hmm. in a good way. So I focus on promoting in the cities that I'm traveling to for work as far as my music when I'm not working. Um, yeah. Um, and I'll like hit up all the, like go, like usually I'm going to try to go somewhere every night if I can, if the time permits, if I don't have to do something admin or if I don't have to stay late for work, I'll try to go out to events, showcases, network, meet the promoters and stuff in that city. And so I do that to, to, to build while I'm traveling, but also all of this traveling just allows me to rack up tons of hotel points, tons of rental car points, tons of airline. Like I'm at the top level for all of the travel. And so now when I need to be somewhere at a conference for music, I don't have to pay for, I just need to get my like, you know, ticket to the conference. I don't have to pay for the, the stay in the hotel and the getting to the venue. And so that is like a, just an added perk and benefit that I didn't even think about. Um, in terms of, you know, working a day job and working music. And so I'm like really milking that. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Wow, that's, really, um, that's really strategizing. That's really thinking about it, you know. I, I, yeah, I, really agree with that. I, I would say I feel like I had to do this because for a while I was very, um, um, I want to say sad. I was in like a very sad state. Mm-hmm for a while with I just hated my job and I've already quit once before and so I was doing the whole hustle thing you're out on the corner and I was in New York I'm sorry I'm from Brooklyn originally I was in New York at the time I quit my day job and I was like selling the CDs on the street and that felt good that felt like oh I'm being a real artist I'm out here grinding it <laughs> and I'm out here struggling and it felt like oh that's what you're supposed to be doing when you're an artist and uh, I remember one time, one specific moment that hit me. So some days I would make, you know, a decent amount of money for the day. I was like, people were supporting. And then they would come back because I usually would like be in the same areas so they could find me again and tell me, oh, I like your CD, blah, blah, blah. Um, mm. But I, I remember one day there was a homeless guy. He came, I was out there and I, was, I would sing too. Like I would just belt out songs. Mm. And like, as people walk by, ask them if they want to. Um, so it was kind of like busking, but not, it, it wasn't so much like in the train station all day and just like leave your tip and don't speak to people. I was doing more than speaking to people and then occasionally like sing some songs. Um, and then it started to get cold. You know, Brooklyn is pretty cold in the winter. <laughs> it got about late November and it was like, Ooh, I don't know about this weather and standing out here for hours. It's, it's really not all that good. And then, um, um, one day there was a homeless guy. He came up to me and I, he, I guess he was trying to hit on me. Like he asked for my phone number. The first thing I thought was like, first of all, I'm not doing what you're doing. I'm, <laughs> I felt like I wasn't just out there begging for money. I was singing. I was like promoting my music. I was grinding is what I called it. And then I was kind of annoyed that he thought that I was like doing what he was doing and just begging for money and not trying to work for it. And then I was like, I don't have to be out here doing this when I could be (laughs) at a well-paid job. Like I went to school for that. Why not milk that? Why do I need to feel like an artist and struggle? And like, it just wasn't smart. I felt it wasn't a smart move. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also felt like he was belittling the hustle that I was doing. He was, it was like, oh, you're, you just like me out here begging for money. Why don't we just go out on like a little bum date? And I was like, what? First of all, if, <laughs> if I were to give you my number, how could you even call me? Like, I'm not, I like, it was just, I was annoyed by the whole thing of it. And the next day I had a job like within a week. Because so my background is accounting and everybody either needs someone to do their taxes or to audit. Like every public company will need an auditor. Um, and so I, I do auditing, but I would also do like, just like people's tax returns on the side during tax season, blah, blah, blah. Um, Cause I have my CPA license. So I was just annoyed by the fact that he thought like I was out here bumming and not working for my hustle. And I was like, what? I, I could literally go and work and make, really well-paying salary. I just didn't like it. I was just not happy there. Um, mm. So <laughs> so I think I had a week. I had a job back. It definitely was like less than a week, but that was like the turning point for me where it was like, I don't have to stand on the street and, you know, sell CDs and like make a couple sales here and there and just do that road. That road is respected, but why do I have to struggle? So then I figured I would just go to work and use all the money that I'm making making for work. It's way more money than I'm making from selling CDs Um, Mm -hmm. and um, just reinvest it. And so I set it up kind of where like I I moved back in with my my parents because I wanted to be able to use all of my like income to Mm -hmm. promote my music. Um, And that is kind of what led me to, Sorry if I'm going on a rant, but <laughs> that's, oh, that's no. kind of what, that's kind of what led me to um, music licensing. Um, it, mm. For me, it seemed like it was even smarter than the day job. Um, right. So the goal now, and, and so really the music licensing that I got turned on to first was the, the ads. And that's because they pay way more than, you know, the TV yeah. syncs. And so if your focus is on the ad music, which I make a lot of up-tempo kind of happy music anyway, it was an easy segue into writing music for ads, but that music that I could also like put out and not feel like, Ooh, I wrote that for an ad. It needed to feel like, Ooh, I just made a dope song that works for an ad. And so mm-hmm. it was really easy to balance the music. I just had to make it a little bit cleaner in terms of the mm-hmm. concept. Um, but, um, so yeah, I I got focused on the ads and I, um, I figured if I could make a couple ads per year, once I can replace that money. So what, so what I do now is like, I'll use my salary to promote my music and, you know, pay my expenses or whatever. Mm -hmm. Once my sinks start to cover my salary and like all the perks of travel and everything from my job, which is going to take a lot of sinks to do that. Um, Mm -hmm. Um, then I'll let that go and then I'll have even more time to try to hopefully get more songs cranked out and to make more music and to pitch more. And so, um, it's been a fun process and I'm already seeing like the impact of it, but I'm definitely just, just at the beginning of it, but I'm so focused and just. It's really, it's really uh, good. No, I mean, I think your focus, your tenacity, just everything that you are absorbing is like so admirable. And and um, I think that another thing that's really admirable is how mm-hmm. much you have, you know, you share with other artists. Like for people who don't know, you and I um, met in the in Kathy Heller's um, music licensing class, um, her access music licensing class, um, where we Mm -hmm. learn how to license music, we get to pitch music to music supervisors, we learn how to reverse engineer the process, Mm -hmm. and really, um, really remove a lot of mystery from that process about what it is that they need. And one thing that I really appreciated about you is just how um, how much you shared information, how generous you are with the information that you found, how much you're learning and how much, you know, you'd come on and do live videos and things like that, you know, in the Facebook group, um, mm-hmm. just sharing what you've learned. And I think that is so not everybody operates that way. So that's something I really appreciated about you. Thank you. Um, I, I almost feel like I have to credit um, um, Kathy Heller and I, and I will because yeah. I, I, I didn't think that you were supposed to share information at first. And one of the things that she kept on saying, mm. like in the, the course that I took or the course that we took was that um, um, if, if she said there was enough room for everybody and she was like, yeah. um, your music is what sets you apart. So like, even if you and I both have the same brief and we both have the same music suits email, we both know yeah. when to send it in at the end of the day, it's going to come down to 
what song best fits their spot. There's no way to change how the client feels about your song and how it hits their music and and agrees with their scene. There's no way to change that. And so you could try to have like a, ooh, I'm not going to tell them when to send it. And and now maybe that will um, up my chances. But there's so many ways to get to that music soup. Like I've noticed, uh, I'll see like, briefs on the online websites on song trader on and i'll see those same briefs coming an email from an agency and so it's one of those things like if you try to hide maybe you're trying to hide the music soups email i can go through an online site if the song is the song that they need everybody that hears it will it will click for them in that way and it'll get forwarded through taxi it'll get forwarded through you know what i mean like it's almost one of those things of like you trying to block is just going to only hurt you um, yeah, because if the song is the song, it's going to make its way to that music soup. Now there's going to be a lot of like noise. Um, mm-hmm. and I, I still feel like, um, I agree. I just, it resonated with me when she said that you don't have to compete and that there was a new, enough room for everybody. And so for yeah. me, it was, um, also too, with just like networking. I like networking mm-hmm. and, and I, I think I, un- I like networking a lot now because I understand the benefits of it. So for most people with networking, they think they're networking if they meet somebody and they get their contact. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that's really just the introduction of it. Like mm-hmm. you will know that you're networking when you can get someone like to open the email, when you can get them to add you to a brief, when you can get them to like talk to you about mm-hmm. stuff outside of their work. Um, and so I think that even that too, like, so one of the things I said about how there's enough room for everybody and if something's going to work, it's going to work. Even if you have the right song, <clears throat> you still have to, um, like, you still have to build genuinely with the people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's mm-hmm. as unique as the, the music you make too. So you could have the greatest music mm-hmm. and if you don't know how to genuinely connect with these people, they will feel like, you're just trying to use them to get your placement and then you're off to do what you're doing. So what I mm. tried to make it a business of mine to do is um, be helpful before I need them. So that if, mm. if, and when I do need them, they'll think of me first because I've been helping them and didn't need to, or didn't have to. So that is how kind of I approach even the pitching. It's like when I pitch something, I want to make sure I'm sending them what they need. So I won't just send any song. I'll try to send what they're actually looking for in the genre they need, get it to them in the formats they prefer, just as easy as they can, like get it to them where they can stream it or download it, MP3 or high res, like every little thing that you could think of that they could need to come back to you for, try to send it first. And try to just send it without saying, oh, this is, I know this is what you need and this is the best song, because really it's not the best song. There's really probably like a hundred songs that could fit for any one of these briefs. (laughs) And so it's going to come down to your uniqueness, the way you stand out to make them think of you first, to even play you first, to now they don't feel like they need to listen to other music because they hear this good song from you. Um, It's just so many little nuances about just being genuine. And so I just started practicing sharing information like with the class, just trying to network to see if I'm networking correctly. Let me try with people that it, it doesn't benefit me to to help. Yeah. Why don't I share a brief that I don't have a song for and see if someone else gets that placement and they will remember me and I didn't have to share it and I did and it helped them. So they will definitely appreciate that. You know, and that thing that does come back around. It absolutely, it always does, Mm -hmm. you know, it boomerangs, Mm -hmm. but let me go like to the beginning. I know you're from Brooklyn. Did you grow up singing? Yes. Um, so I almost feel like I've been singing on a church choir since I learned how to talk and read. <laughs> that I don't remember <laughs> there being a time where I was like alive and not singing because I've just always been on like the children's choir um, and that type of thing. I, so I didn't have musical training in school, but it was definitely church gospel um, background. Mm. And then I, um, I, I, I started rapping maybe like six or seven years ago. Um, oh. So I was pursuing, so I was just, you know, singing for church and I knew what church music did for people and their souls and their, their hope and their, and how it inspired them 
just on how to live, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But I never, like, even, I never even thought about doing music as a career. It just never even crossed my mind. It was just like, oh, I sing because I go to church and I love the Lord. And that's just how I worship and praise. Mm -hmm. But um, I was, um, I was at work and this was during like the time, I feel like it was like a recession. And I remember my a firm was like, they wanted, they didn't want to let people go. So what they did was they offered what they call sabbatical. And you could, if you have vacation, they would pay you your full salary. And you would just be off from work because they wanted to like pay out some of that salary. And then if you ran out of vacation, they would pay you 20% of your salary and you could stay off as long as they approve. No. So I took the sabbatical. I took, I think it was a two month sabbatical. I had enough vacation for like the first month. And, and so the second month I was just like chilling, but this whole two month break, I just went to every acting, singing, modeling, or did like anything related to entertainment. I, I just did it all as much of it day and night. It was literally like scheduled appointments and readings and auditions. It was so, it was a lot of fun. It was completely wow. different from accounting, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, when I got back to work, everybody at the office looked tired. Like I just saw like bags mm-hmm. in their eyes. I just saw like sadness. Like it felt like, oh, this is like a trap. It just felt like not free. I don't know why. And I, it was hard for me to work. And I, I quit um, mm-hmm. maybe, it was less than a month. I didn't make it <laughs> because I was just like, I want to do that. I want to just wake up and make mm-hmm. my schedule. And I didn't, I didn't want to, I don't want to work for anybody. I, I know that I want to work for me and I'll work yeah. so hard for me. I'll work mm-hmm. so hard for me. Mm-hmm. I'll invest my entire salary for me. Like I'll do that for my career. That's just, you know, and 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 I actually was doing modeling and acting first. Uh, music wasn't even; it was an afterthought. I hadn't even tried to pursue it. I was at a, a mm. photo shoot, and they um, they were like, "Oh, I heard you could sing. Let me hear something." I sung. Um, it was a producer that came in. I sung for him, and he was like, oh, "Do you songwrite?" He wanted me to like do reference vocals, um, and he would pitch the songs to Jasmine Sullivan. He said, "So I was like, I love her." So. I was like, oh yeah, I, I write, I do now. <laughs> um, and after the uh, studio session, I went home, I wrote, I, I think it was like 10 songs in one setting. And it was in, within a two hour span. It was just like everything that was inside of me that, oh, I didn't know I was a songwriter. But now I'm, Jasmine's gonna sing my songs, let me write them. And then when I wrote them and would sing them to like practice how I'm gonna record them, I didn't want her to sing them. I wanted to mm. sing them. That, like I, that, I was so connected to just the music and the writing and the honesty in it. And I, I wanted to now deliver my own songs. Um, and I, I have been doing music. Like that's been the forefront now ever since. There was just that one little, oh, do you sound right? Yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And how did the rapper come out of you? Um, so in New York, there was a, like a rap crew um, and they called themselves Dutchman. And my rap name at the time was Miss ID. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I, I honestly felt like I'd never rapped before. I was just around them all the time. They were always recording. I was recording. I was writing my little singing songs and I was recording my songs. Um, but I was just always, you know, it was like a crew. So you're just always around them. <clears throat> it was your, your little squad or whatever. I was always around them while they were rapping and freestyling with each other. And I would be saying to myself in my head, I can rap better than them. And I had never. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I had never rapped before, but just hearing them, no shade to them. I almost wish I didn't say the name because I don't want to like. <laughs> I can pull it out. I just, I just felt like, no, it's cool. I just felt like, um, you know, I, I, could, I could do this and I could do it better than them. <laughs> And so I just started writing. (laughs) I do think at the core of every rapper is a deep, deep confidence. So for you that, you know, to say that, I was like, that makes perfect sense. I'm like, who's more confident than a rapper? I mean. Yes. Yes. And just self, um, like, you know, self-loving and self just, 
putting yourself up on a pedestal, I definitely, um, that is within me. And I, but I was just, I wasn't rude about it. I didn't tell them that I would just like that. I just started writing because of them. And I thought that, Oh, I could do better than this. Like what I'm hearing, I wasn't impressed by. So it's like, I'll write, <laughs> I'll rap. <laughs> and it's so funny. Cause like my, I feel like my fans, I don't know if they prefer, I think they prefer the rap more than the singing. Um, but I like mm. to do both. And so the way I've worked it out so that I can be happy and they can be happy, I'm, I'll release the rap to them, definitely. Mm. And then the singing, I'll pitch for film and TV. And so mm-hmm. that way, I have to get the singing out. I'm, I'm going to sing. Like, you know, you just got to deal with it. <laughs> so um, it's, it's been a very happy medium. So you start doing the music. You start rapping. You start singing. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're writing your own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then what was going on? Were you making albums? Were you doing EPs, uh, doing videos? What were you doing? Definitely. Um, so I was doing the, the whole videos, the EPs. I, I never released an album. Um, I think I had mm-hmm. like a collab album with the, the Dutchman group, but I had never released like a solo album. I wanted to do EPs just because at the time, like, albums i felt like people weren't they didn't want to listen to that much new music from a new artist so if you put out a bunch mm-hmm. of eps you know short sweet to the point they they would ingest that and and really singles is what i feel like they will ingest now so i i almost don't want to put out i want to put out another ep but i, I don't really want to and so they usually would be like four to seven songs length mm-hmm. uh, um of an ep um and definitely like performing as much as possible showcases whatever festival i can get on and all that stuff just like continuously performing to network and um so the thing that i wanted to ultimately do i feel like that i felt like there was a smarter way to work into that and Mm. i want to say that's really what led me to the licensing so i'm like indie to the core i don't want a label i don't Mm -hmm. want a publisher I don't want an employer. Mm. Like I don't, I don't want anybody mm. like, over me telling me what to do with my music. I want to wake up one day and make a jazz song. I want to make an R&B song the next day. I, want to make, I don't want my fans telling me what to do. I want to make a rap song the next day. Like I'm going to rap on an EDM beat. I'm going to sing on a pop beat. I'll do as I please. Like, as, like I just want to do what I want to do. <laughs> and so I know that there's no label that allows that. So it was like clear cut. Oh, so you don't belong on a label because that would be stupid. So now you just need to invest in yourself. And so the easiest way to do that would be to get a ton of big ad placements that you can mm-hmm. now invest in yourself with. So I, I learned the business. I spent, you know, a lot of years. Um, like I feel like my mentors were like a lot of just very successful um, industry people. A couple, I'll shout out a few of the names that I like followed online like every video they uploaded every live video i I would watch um wendy day Mm -hmm. wendy day she has a youtube channel i would watch every Mm -hmm. video i would go she goes live once a month i would Mm -hmm. go like on her live and just listen to the live read all the comments i was just ingesting all the business tony gidry Mm -hmm. they're like a duo they're partners um um, I, th- I think they're actually married. So I, th- I would just, he was on Facebook. Facebook was his platform and YouTube was her platform. And I was literally soaked. And they would give this information for free. Um, mm. And then that's another thing too that I know that like, I guess what's kind of been ingrained in me is like these, like how I learned what I learned were from people that were sharing all their information for free, no consultation mm. fee. No, and so for me to like hold back information now that I've learned it, would kind of be like just dirty because I, I, I learned it for free. And so that's another reason why I'm pretty open with what, what I share because I didn't have to pay to learn it. So, yeah. So those two were like the main ones that I was just like anything they put online, I would study it. I learned about the publishing, the copyrights, all that stuff. Um, and um, I've, I've now focused on the licensing just because I need to fund this freedom that I want with my music. Mm-hmm. I, there's no label yeah. that's going to take me the way that I am. And I know that there's probably no publishers. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I have had publishing offers, but I've been turning them down because I don't want them to tell me what songs to write. I don't want them to tell me. I, I know how to write for sync. 
I don't, I know how to pitch. Why do I need a publisher? Yeah. I am a publisher. And so I think yeah. a lot of times as artists, you're thinking, oh, you, you've made it when you get the deal. You made it when you get the publisher. You made it when you get the sync agent. You made it when you get the acting agent. Whatever it is you're doing in entertainment, you think you've made it when you get somebody to represent you. But if yeah. you learn the business first, why do you need somebody to represent you? And I know there's a, there's a quote that people always say, like, he who represents himself or he who represents himself has a fool <laughs> for like a lawyer or a representative or whatever. Right. They're trying to say you, you need somebody. But I think the person that thought of that quote is the person that needed clients. Mm. If I know, <laughs> if I know what you know, why do I need you to stand and pretend? And I actually used to do that even with my own music career. Like I had a manager for a while and I, I knew the information. I was actually having meetings with my manager to explain to him what I wanted him to say and do. And I, I for a while felt like, oh, you needed kind of a man to like, so that they don't mm. try to like take advantage of you because you're a woman. You probably need a man in front to like be the forefront. And after a while, I was like, this is stupid. I'm, I'm going to manage myself technically because I'm kind of telling you what to do but I'm going to pay you a manager's fee. And I didn't think that that was smart. And um, so here I am. I, I feel that I don't need a manager. I've, I, mm-hmm. I don't have anything to manage. I, I, um, I know how to manage me. <laughs> so until I can't manage me, I, I don't think I need a manager. I don't think I need a um, agent. I don't think I need a sync agent. I don't think I need a publisher. I don't think I need a deal. So Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to have to invest in me. I know it's going to take a lot of money. And and Mm -hmm. so that's why I'm laser focused on publishing. But at at the heart and core of it all, I, you know, I'm a recording artist. I love performing. I love meeting new crowds and like singing these songs that they've never heard of and watching them enjoy this new music. That is, I love that. So. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. (laughs) Tell, tell us about your recent placements and how those came about. Okay. Um, so my first, I guess, placement landing was kind of seven syncs in one or seven songs um, on, on season one of BET, The Hustle, or Hustle in Brooklyn, actually. I think they changed the name like last minute, but it was Hustle in Brooklyn. Those came about from from networking and just constantly, um, mm. I, I try to, create new music <clears throat> almost on a schedule just yeah. um so that I always have a reason to reach out I, I never want to feel like I'm bothering the music supervisor so I'm not going to reach out and say hey did you hear my last song I'm going to reach out and say hey just want to know if you're looking for a song like this you know, I just worked mm-hmm. on this and I thought of you because I yes. did because I know this song will work for your show <laughs> <laughs> right so exactly. I, I want to send this to you because I think it'll work for the show. And I'm not even going to mention the previous songs I've sent because I know you have access to those whenever you need them. Mm -hmm. I I made sure when I sent them the first time that the link wouldn't expire, that you could download or stream it. You can see the lyrics, Mm -hmm. you can see the publishing info. So I don't need to ask you about that anymore. You got that email. I know you did. (laughs) Because you either responded (laughs) to me or you streamed it. So I know that you got it. Mm-hmm. Whether you listened to it or not, whether you read the email or not, I know you received it. It didn't bounce. So yeah, I did my part on that. And now I'm just here again because I don't care whether that song worked. I'm assuming that it didn't until you respond back to me about it. Yeah. And now I have something new for you. And so it's just been um, building like that over time. I want to mm-hmm. say with all, all the things, I'm sorry, I actually just got uh, another placement for a trailer in Hulu. Um, and that starts airing February 11th. Um, oh, that is so exciting. Yes. Very exciting. It just, it's, I feel like it, it starts to be a snowball. If you, if I think about yeah. as much emails, hundreds of emails are sent out, so many listening sessions I've attended, so many live event conferences I've attended, just all the effort that went into it, all the playlists, I feel like it's all mm-hmm. worth it and, because eventually you start to find with rejection you start to find who needs what you have 
And mm. it's good to be persistent. Like I, I still continue to email people for months. I will continue for years to email people that don't respond because I know they're getting the email. Once I know I have your, you know, your email address, I've met you at events, it's just gonna be a, when the time is right, all yeah. my music will be there. I've, I've seen where some music soups have, they never responded, but I can tell, you know, like a lot of the, the software you use to send out playlists to music supervisors, it'll track if someone streamed or downloaded or visited the playlist or whatever. You can, mm-hmm. you can tell that they're opening the emails or that they're engaged with the music. It's just a timing thing. They don't have the scene that the song fits yet. Mm. But they seem to have a pretty keen sense. Once they like your music, now it's just a matter of time when that scene comes up. They can remember, oh, I remember I got this hip hop from this girl. And Let me go check back. And, and I can sometimes see like they'll listen to everything I've sent them just randomly. Months later, every playlist I've sent in the past now I see they're accessing it because now I know, oh, now they have a need for it. And so mm-hmm. when you have that kind of information, you can be less annoying as an artist and more professional on just like the right. pitching and networking side of things. And you realize, oh, you could be helpful now if they're listening to all your rap stuff. Now, maybe if you have any new rap stuff, send that and just see if, hey, I don't know. Don't, I mean, you don't have to say like, Oh, I saw you listen to all of these. Just want to know if you need this. Like you, <laughs> you can be. You can be. Like I'm more, watching you. Yeah, I, I see you. <laughs> um, peekaboo. It, you don't have to be so yeah. forthcoming with that information. TMI. Don't don't tell too much. Just you know, just be professional. And yeah. now that you have that information, you can be smart about it and kind of if you can study what they're listening to, if they're listening to all your instrumentals, you have any new instrumentals you want to send in that genre? Like you can tell what they're listening to if you can see which songs they've streamed. So you kind of know what they're looking for by what they're listening to. Um, Mm. And and now you know the timing, you know, they didn't need it three months ago when, or as you were sending those playlists, they need it now. Mm. So it's, if you haven't reached out in a couple months, it's okay to say now, Oh, hey, uh, just wondering if you're looking for any da-da-da-da. I've been working on this, if it's something that you haven't sent before. And so those types of things, you're being helpful when they need it. That's always appreciated. <laughs> I've never heard anybody be upset that you helped them when they needed it. And so, Right. Yeah. You just yeah. you move calculated. You yeah. try to be professional. Because if, if your goal is to, for me, my goal, like I said, I'm not, looking for a label and I'm looking for a publisher. So I need to be professional like a publisher so that a music supervisor will respect me as a business person and not just artists looking for a sync. Right. I have to move like them because now they're my competition if I'm not going to sign to them. And there are already music supervisors that have a thing with artists that don't know the business. So if you come out the gate showing that you know the business, that helps your cause. That, that helps artists, quite frankly. They're still going to be um, music soups that they don't want to reach out individually to 3,000 individual artists and check 3,000 individual emails. They want to go to a couple agencies and get all the songs that they need from those agencies. And that's just what it is. But I think yeah. if you're persistent, if you're that one, I have a song I'm working on right now called Squeaky Wheel. If you're, if you're that one Squeaky Wheel, mm. they'll, they'll allow that because they know there's not going to be 3,000 people that prepared. There's not going to be 3,000 people with all their ducks in a row, with all their business in order, with all their split sheet agreements signed, knowing what the one stop mm-hmm. is, knowing what this is, the timing is right, knowing what genre they're looking for, knowing what shows they're working on, knowing what. And so those are the times where you start to see that you get added to a brief list. And now they'll tell you what they're working on. Right. When they won't tell you that they don't want you to know, there's a reason. <laughs> They don't want to have to deal with you individually. (laughs) They're not just, it's not like, oh, they don't like you. They, they have what they need already. So you have to just be unique and like professional and just sway them eventually to where. And that's, yeah. 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 No, that's the big thing that we learn, right? Mm -hmm. That we need to think about, like really think about what it is that they need. Mm -hmm. Why are, you know, so many people send them things randomly. Mm -hmm you know, 
like they're going to get discovered mm-hmm. and <laughs> somebody's going to think this is brilliant and, and all of that. So we really have to have that kind of empathy, mm-hmm. you know, for those people doing that job. Right. Mm-hmm. I, um, I actually, I'm starting to get like spam emails myself. I, I don't know how people find my email or like, I don't know if they think I'm a music supervisor or I don't know what, but I get emails. Um, I got an email recently from her email said her name from Philly. Uh, that was the subject line. And I thought about like the emails that I send out and I compared it to like what I received from her. And I thought it was, it was so far from what they were looking for. Like mm. if, if you're a music supervisor and you get an email and it says, um, your name from where you live, how does that, why would a music supervisor open that? When a music supervisor goes to their inbox, they're looking for this new hip hop for this new show. Like you want to use titles that they need, <laughs> not what you are. Right. The, even from the subject line, it's just all about, you can tell it's all about that artist. They, and then in the email, there was no hi. It, they, I don't think they knew my name or anything. It was just a, links to two songs. Actually, I think there were MP3 attachments as well. I, I can't remember. Oh, no. Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> but, but seeing that just let me know like how far off artists are from uh, knowing like the business side of what they need to be like, respected right. by the supervisor. And, and even in the like subject of the email, it literally was like just the name of the songs. It didn't say what the songs were about. It it yeah. it forces the music supervisor to have to do extra work. And I, I remember right. even before I got into music licensing, um, someone saying that the public, they don't want to do extra work. When you tell somebody, hey, check out my song. If you're going to spam somebody and say, check out my song, you don't want to say, hey, Google me. For what? Like, uh, why? <laughs> if you're going to spam somebody, give them the link so they can just click and go to it. Why would you spam and say, hey, check me out on this and this? Hey, look me up on, hey, add me up. Like, why? Why would I go to my phone now, have to type in the website, now have to find you? And if you're just a stranger that I don't know. Like, if you're going to um, send cold emails or unsolicited anything, you're going to spam links on Twitter. Like, at least give the link so that they can make it easy for them to, like, if that's your approach, I don't think that's the best approach, but if you're going to do that, at least make it easy for whoever. And so that, that would apply to the artist and the, the music supervisor. You want to make sure you're making it easy for them, like put whatever it is they need in the email, tell them about the song, tell them why you think it works for the show that they're working on. You have to show, take some initiative to show that this music actually works for the scene and not you just want a, a placement. So let's talk about like um, your mindset because I feel like that is like ninety five percent of it, <laughs> you know, um, you know we we're in that class together and I think that like some of the aside from like getting that information about you know researching and you know doing your due diligence and you know writing an effective email to a music soup and doing the networking and all of that kind of stuff I feel like it's all for nothing if it is not on top of the foundation of, you know, just a healthy, focused mindset. So what kind of, um, uh, you know, mindset do you feel like you have? What are you telling yourself every day? Um, I, I'm, I, I, uh, even before I started to get any placement, I was Mm -hmm. under the wild and crazy assumption that I was going to do really well. And that mm. all I have to do is forget how to quit. That's, this is what I told myself. <clears throat> all I need to do is forget how to quit music. If I don't know, like, um, a lot of the things before I started music licensing, just being an artist, it was um, mm-hmm. when I would, if you would wake up sad one day and like thought, well, maybe this music thing isn't going to work. You've been doing it for a long time. It's not taking off. And then you would get like a message from someone in another country that just heard your music, just Mm. found you and loves you. And then you're thinking to yourself probably like, how can I give up on this person that just found out about me? Yeah. Like, so it makes you want to continue for them 
But you also have to have it in your mind too that eventually if enough of them find out about you, <laughs> you'll have what they call a fan base. So you you if you put in your mind that you don't quit, you will eventually get enough people to that the the goal now is just to find the people that like your music. It's almost as targeted as like making sure you send the right song to the right music supervisor so you get a placement. You're sending it to the ones that don't need it. They're, they're going to reject it and you're going to get sick of the rejection. But yeah. when you get rejected, you know not to deal with that type of person because they don't like your music or they don't need it. So you go and look for yeah. the ones that like it and you find enough of those, you can make a career out of it. So yeah. now the goal is to hold on to find them. You just keep working until you find them. And just put in your mind that you'll never quit. Like, if you know you'll never quit, you would just work at it slowly. You wouldn't get as bummed if you didn't do it in three months. If your plan was to never quit, after 10 years, it wouldn't bother you because you're planning on doing this anyway, like, for the next 30 years. Right. So why would it bother you that it's taking 10 to get your first sink? If if you knew from the beginning that it was going to take you 15 years to get your first sink and then you were going to get, like, 8 million in sinks, would you still do it? Of course. <laughs> yeah. You would, but when when you're in year six and you don't know that it takes waiting to year eight, you quit and you give your eight million to someone else or your 80 million because when one, like it literally could be one song. Think about the amount of songs you can make in eight years and mm. when it really just takes one song to take off and the public find out about it, like you got this thing now the public is streaming it. Now this is a whole nother source of income that you weren't even expecting. You just wanted to get on this TV show. So mm. what I found is that the sinks will help you find those people. It's much harder to find your fans when you're looking for them. You're going to every city and performing and hoping that one or two people like your music and building your fan base that way. When you mm. can get it on a TV show that has a million of targeted people that like this kind of music and this type of TV show and like you even more for being on their favorite TV show and now they support yeah. you musically. Yeah. It's just smarter targeting to, to do the sync licensing. Especially yeah. if you're starting out with no fan base. If you already have a fan base, hey, keep on doing your shows and building. It'll build, the buzz will build. That works too. I'm not going to play downplay that. But I think it's smarter mm. if you don't know who your audience is to target your music to the TV show so that you can find your audience because they're going to watch the show and they're going to love the music that's in the show. That's why they watch the show. They like the show. They like the music. They just like everything about it. Yeah. So until you learn how to target and find who your fans are, let the placements do that for you. Start targeting the music supervisors. Mm-hmm. What's the best advice you ever got? Man, uh, that's hard. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, I think I probably already touched on it. Um, I've, I don't know if someone told me that to, to learn how not to quit. Um, Mm. but I definitely like, that is, that's just my motto. How, that's just how I move. I know it's, even if I, I get a placement today and I don't get another one for the next five years, I'm okay with that because I know that. They just come when they come. But if I have five years of sending out emails every day, five years of going to listening sessions, five years of meeting all these people at live events, do you know how like much I have saved up and built up and just like stacked up <laughs> for me that when it all when when the, the snowball starts to build and roll down the hill, how big that's gonna be? And then and in that five years of time, how many songs I will have amassed at that time, how many more search opportunities I can pitch for. It's almost like the sinks are going to come in when they come in. But my goal is to continue building the catalog so I have more opportunity to pitch for. My goal is to continue meeting more supervisors yeah. so I have more people to pitch to. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Yeah, that's so exciting. Mm-hmm. So... um so what's next for you, do you think? Um, I'm afraid I'm going to do really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I say that with happiness because I'm actually glad that it took me so long to start to see success. Because if, mm-hmm. if you get it really early, you're not prepared on the business side. 
I am so prepared on the business side now that it it's ridiculous. It's just like when it hits, I'm so ready for it. Mm. Like all the ducks are lined up, all the, the, the bank account, everything is just set. Everything is just, it's just, this is waiting for the opportunity. Yeah. And so, oh, now I want to tell you the advice. <laughs> I just thought of the opportunity, uh, the, 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 the advice that I want to give. I'll go back to the previous question and say that the yeah, best advice is to never say no to an opportunity. Now, there's going to be some bad deals that come. That you can say no to. I'm just speaking on opportunity. And the reason why I say opportunity is because I feel like as artists, sometimes you second guess what you're capable of and what you're capable of doing. And so you'll say, oh, I can't make that deadline. Or you'll say, oh, I'm not ready for that collab yet. Let me just wait till I learn how to play guitar. Oh, I don't think I'm ready to produce yet. Let me just wait till I learn the drums. Or let me learn this. And so you don't start anything. And it holds you back because you're not going to, it's not like you're going to go the next day and go ahead and learn how to play the drum so that you can get to that opportunity. You're going to let that pass you and everything else that passes until you make up in your mind to finally do it. And you may not do it. But if you go ahead and accept whatever it is that's being offered and like try to, even if you fail at it, like take the opportunity and fail. Just let that be the plan. Okay, I'll, I'll do it. I didn't, I didn't make the deadline, but I have a piece of a song that I started. Oh, I didn't, I don't know how to, I'm not a mix guru yet, but I know the basics of it. Like this, the starting. Yeah, absolutely. No, I've, I've found that like, um, really the process, you know, just getting into the process of something and like kind of figuring things out is probably more valuable than that end result, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. just that new little skill you built up, Mm -hmm. you know even if it wasn't completed. So yeah, I, I love that. That makes perfect sense. Well, oh my gosh, this was like so good. Yeah. This was so good. Yay. Such, <laughs> such show, and I think, you know, um, yeah, people will be so, you know, this was just really informative and enlightening. And I, I think that so many of us, you know, we've got, I hear some, I actually, you know, I'm like listening for this stuff now. I'm listening for syncable songs, mm-hmm. you know, um, just when I'm randomly, you know, clicking on people's links for in Facebook and stuff like that. And I'm just like, gosh, you know, people leave money on the table mm-hmm. um, all the time because mm-hmm. they're not like, you know, uh, trying to get into that world. Maybe they tried, maybe they sent something to somebody once and, 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 you know, the email wasn't answered right. and they feel like they're ignored and then they're like, oh my God, I suck. Right. And, or, you know, <laughs> right. just like, yep. you know, um, so I think that, um, no, this was just like really something to enlighten people about like what sync really is and how we need to think um, to do it, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. just that, that grinding and, and, that, and to keep going and just um, do your research, yeah. research, research at the foundation of that. Um, but then keep reaching out and don't take it personally if you don't hear anything, because it's most likely, and I remember a couple of soups saying this, you know, they get so many emails that if it works, they'll contact you. Right. And if it doesn't work, you know, it doesn't mean they don't like it. Right. It's just like, you know, they've got some, they've got a deadline to meet. They've got somebody, a client to please. They got to make sure that the, they got the one that works. Right. So, um, you know, that's all it is. It is nothing personal. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it never is, you never know? will be. Like it's, it's literally, I don't have time. I don't have time to respond. Yeah. That's, that's a fair thing. Like, I, I want to let you do your job. I already know you have to spend yeah. hours listening to music. Now I expect you to spend more hours telling me why it wasn't accepted, what I could work on. Yeah. They, they're not like feedback people. That's not what they do. Their job is to listen right. to a song. When they find the song, reach out to that person. So it's natural yeah. and safe to assume that. Just, just think yeah. positive about it. Chances are they might have heard it. Chances are they just, it didn't fit. Or they found a better yeah. fit. So it might have fit. <laughs> they just found a better one. So you, right. when the right scene comes up that it fits that song, they'll come back to the email. They'll come back and listen. So Absolutely. You just keep sending them more. To give them more to remember you about. Well, thank you so much for this. So where can everybody find you? Um, the best place to start is my official website, TamaraBubble.com. That's T-A-M-A-R-A-B-U-B-B-L-E. But I am literally everywhere online. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter. I'm on Facebook. I'm on Spotify. I'm on SoundCloud. I'm on YouTube. All of those places, like 
all the social media, I'm there. I, I have a profile set up, even if I'm not that active, but I'm usually pretty active on a lot of them. Um, but it's all one word, Tamara Bubble, no space. Um, and yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm on all your streaming platforms, the Deezer, Apple Music, Spotify, literally yeah. all of it. <laughs> videos are up yeah. on youtube i have a video yeah. podcast on youtube i just um am nice. doing all that i can with all the time that i have and enjoying every minute of it ah uh, wonderful thank you so much this was wonderful thank you for having me you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> bubble on deck i have to say that yeah <laughs> Oh my gosh, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. I so loved it. So many great nuggets of wisdom there. So many great resources. And just, you know, I just want you to to absorb that kind of mindset, that kind of focus, whether you're going after music licensing or you're going after building your own music studio or whatever it is you're doing, um, you know, as a singer, however you're expanding, that is the kind of focus and mindset. We don't have any time to ideate or, you know, doubt ourselves. You know, plenty of people are going to walk in with their own doubts. They're going to kind of layer their BS onto you. We don't have any time to do it to ourselves. So I love that. Um, so here are the singing lessons. Number one, there are so many ways to get that music to a supervisor. Number two, there is enough room for everybody. There's no need to compete. Number three, you will know that you're networking when you can get someone to open the email, add you to a brief, or talk to you about stuff outside their work. Number four, even if you have the right song, you still have to build genuinely with the people, and that's as unique as the music you make. Number five, make it your business to be helpful before others need you. Number six, have a day job that will afford you the chance to invest time and money in your music. Number seven, with rejection, you start to find who needs what you have. Number eight, come out of the gate showing that you know the business. Number nine, you have to be unique and professional. Number 10, forget how to quit. Number 11, Never say no to an opportunity. All right, guys. So all those singing lessons are available to you as a freebie download. And that is in the show notes for this episode. So we've got a listener shout out from Jamie Hampton. Jamie, thank you so much for leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. I love to see that. That that warms my heart. So Jamie says, I seriously can't praise this podcast enough. Thank you for doing this, Jamila. I'm a singer who is looking to get more work, and this podcast has such great advice. Keep rocking it, girl. Keep on rocking it, girl. <laughs> Thank you, Jamie. That was so nice of you. Thank you for taking the time to do that. And, you know, while we're on that note, guys, if you enjoyed this episode or any of the other episodes, please take a few minutes just to share it with a friend. It really doesn't take long to do that. And um, comment and rate. That really helps other people to find um, the podcast and we'd love to get it to as many singers as we can because I mean frankly this is something that I could have used when I graduated from music <laughs> music college or university I should say you know I felt a little I will say that I felt a little thrown out there like not really sure you know how to navigate and I was gigging and I was um you know, I was booking my own gigs. I was always uh, writing and recording, but I have to say um, a lot of, there's just a lot of stuff I had to figure out, you know, by myself and um, had to go online to figure out. Um, so, you know, this is a, you know, this is just a resource that I thought about when I thought, you know, what would I want? You know, what would I would have wanted back then? What do I need now? And that's, you know, we always need those resources. So, you know, please pass it along to a friend who you think needs it and would enjoy it. I would really appreciate it. And join the Facebook group. Go on to Facebook, type in the Working Singer Podcast. We've got a community and a page for you to like. So like the page, join the community, and follow me on Instagram, of course, at Jamila Ford Music. That's J-A-M-I-L-A-F-O-R-D Music. So everything that we mentioned and the freebie... Um, is available in the show notes of this episode. Um, 
again. So, um, you know, please partake of that. <laughs> it's there for you. I want to give you as many resources as possible. So this was a fun episode, you guys. Um, and it was a little bit different, but I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, you know, we're all about that business on this one, but that is, you know, kind of why we're here to get, get it together. So thank you so much for tuning in this week, you guys. I really appreciate you. I really love you. I really want to see you do well. And I will talk to you next week. Slide into my DMs. Love you.